Hello everyone, this is Christian Spanish Mute. I'm a physician and I work as an academic hospitalist at Denver Hospital, Connecticut. I'm also the program director for Point of Care Ultrasound, Focus. You are listening to the Denver Medical Files. This podcast is dedicated to the whole internal medicine community. Welcome again to the Denver Medical Files. This is the first podcast for this year, 2023. I hope we are starting with good topics. And today we are going to explore certain applications for focus that we found in our last, in one of our last electives for point of care ultrasound. So at Denver Hospital, we have a point of care ultrasound program for the Department of Medicine and the residency. And we have electives that are designed to teach point of care ultrasound to the residents. So today we are going to explore how point of care ultrasound is not just an ethereal thing or ethereal teaching, but how it actually helps in the day-to-day medical decision for the hospitalists and internal medicine. The Denbury Medical Files is a podcast and is intended for general guidance and entertainment. It is not intended for medical advice, and if you feel that you need medical advice, please contact your physician or go to your nearest emergency room. Welcome to the Danbury Medical Files, a production by Christian Espana Schmidt, MD. So, we're going to start with the first case. During one of our electives, we were called to see a patient who was in the acute rehab that is attached to the hospital. Hospitalists go to that service for consult uh, frequently. So this time was a 77-year-old man who we were consulted because of abdominal pain, a possible UTI. So this patient was discharged from the medical uh, team after an episode of hepatic encephalopathy and GI bleeding, and he had a history for of uh, end-stage liver disease. However, he had no history of any, any complication from that up to that day that he was admitted. So we went to see the patient, and the physical examination was difficult after talking to the patient and what was he feeling. So we are going to focus on the physical examination, and I can tell you that it was difficult. His body habitus was very difficult to actually try to hear or his lungs and he was sitting difficult to move and of course he was in rehab Um, he did have some abdominal pain what we did at that moment since we have the past history and the history of what happened in the hospital was use one of our ultra portable machines a butterfly and we scanned the abdomen of the patient and we confirmed the presence of ascites. Now, ascites, it's a, the evaluation for ascites with the point of care ultrasound will give us about 90% of times that we are right uh, when evaluating the 
uh, when finding ascites. However, at physical examination, it's about 50%, which it's like flipping a coin. So with this um, evaluation at that very moment, we requested interventional radiologists to perform a large volume paracentesis, which was performed obtaining about five liters of uh, fluid. The patient immediately felt better. The other part of the consult was to see why the patient had edema of lower extremities. Happened that the edema was not only for the lower extremities, but also the abdominal wall. When we saw this patient uh, chart, we saw that he had a significant amount of fluids when he was admitted. And when evaluating the abdominal wall and also evaluating the legs, we were able to see that the patient had cobblestoning. Of course, with ascites, cobblestoning, etc., we started the patient on diuretics that are appropriate for patients who have um, portal hypertension. At that moment, uh, because of the type of machine that we had, which was a butterfly, we did not evaluate the portal vein or to see if it's pulsating or the, the uh, or the hepatic veins to see if there are abnormalities that can further lead us to the evolution of portal hypertension. But we had enough. Ascites, edema. Uh, the patient was correctly started on diuretics and after five liters of, of fluid and confirming that that was secondary to portal hypertension, the patient was or remained in the rehab unit, which is a big deal. We don't want these patients to stop their acute rehab because of further evaluations. And a, a complete abdominal ultrasound would have taken at least a, a day or a couple of days since the patient is already considered an outpatient. So we obtained the ultrasound, we did what we needed to do, and the patient was discharged uh, three days later without needing to go back to the medical uh, team and interrupting his rehab. Needless to say, the patient was feeling significantly better after the tap and the use of diuretics. So this is a very good example on how you can use point-of-care ultrasound and point-of-care ultrasound basically beats the possible the, the possibilities of the physical examination. Physical examination, again, for ascites is dismal. Uh, most of the time or half of the time you will be wrong. And, and in patients with body habitus, with different body habitus, it's even more difficult. However, with a point-of-care ultrasound, you will be right 99% of the time. Now, making a decision that this patient needs or not a paracentesis is a little bit more elaborated. However, at this moment, we felt that he needed paracentesis and we obtained the five liters that we obtained. Other thing that we did with this patient right away was to evaluate grossly his left ventricular function, his right ventricle, and his IVC. This to rule out the presence of cardiac dysfunction and possible heart failure leading to the uh, edema of both lower extremities and the abdominal wall as well as ascites. This proved to be very, um, very useful since we were able to 
just adjust medications very fast and uh, improve the symptoms of the patient fast. And this is this is the first case to illustrate how you can use or how we use as internist point of care ultrasound in a consult. Now, the next case is a 55-year-old female who has no past medical history. She has no history and uh, came in because of gastrointestinal bleeding. Now, she started like two days or three days before coming in with vomiting blood, bright red blood. And of course, then Melena, and finally uh, she was brought into the hospital and by by the family. And we saw the, the, the patient, right? And in the history of the patient, when taking the history, we figure out that the patient actually drank a significant amount of alcohol. And we started thinking, is this secondary to portal hypertension or something else? And is, is there anything that we need to do except to call STAT um, GI for evaluation? And of course, the hemoglobin was five. This patient needed to be transfused. She needed fluids. And uh, she was also with acute kidney injury. And our immediate immediate uh, evaluation demonstrated a patient who whose body habitus was more more on the B side. Um, she she was in some distress and difficult to evaluate. However, with the point of care ultrasound, we were able to confirm that her left and right ventricular ejection fraction was I mean left ventricular ejection fraction and right ventricular function were normal. The IVC was of normal size, and lungs were fine uh, with eight lines in all in all uh, frontal zones. And also, we decided to evaluate the abdomen. The patient did not had she did not had ascites. So, well, is so does she have uh, has um, any 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 other um, problem like? portal hypertension. So with the team, and this is a little bit more advanced, of course, but we obtain an ultrasound of the liver. The ultrasound of the liver demonstrated what we expect in portal hypertension. She did have abnormal liver enzymes. And when we interrogated the portal vein, we saw that the portal vein had basically... um, that the flow was abnormal with reversal of flow. And when interrogated the hepatic veins, we saw that the A, A part or the A wave from the hepatic vein was erased. Although this is more advanced, this is feasible and doable in, in internal medicine and Finally, we came to the conclusion that this patient may have bleeding from uh, viruses and, of course, portal hypertension. An EGT demonstrated the viruses. However, we were not able to uh, find the site of bleeding. She had esophageal viruses. She had portal uh, hypertensive gastropathy, and she also had 
varices of the stomach. We do not believe that she had a portal vein thrombosis. And the patient was was treated with IV fluids, of course, um, was treated with blood and discharged later on. And now she is going to be followed in, in a clinic for liver disease. There is another thing that when we found all these findings, we were able to start the patient on ocrotide, of course, um, lansoprazole. And this is very important because this is the treatment for varicella bleeding. If we were not having any suspicions of varicella bleeding, we shouldn't start. or We don't need to start um, ocrotide. So this is how this patient or how ultrasound in this specific patient, which uh, help us to make a medical decision and help us to understand what was going on with the patient. Needless to say, the patient again was discharged and now is being followed in the clinic. Point of care ultrasound becomes now, um, just with these two cases, a tool that decreased, in the first case, decreased the time of the patient to obtain a final diagnosis and treatment. The diagnosis of ascites with a formal ultrasound would have taken take at least a couple of days or at least another day. Starting diuretics probably would have wait until we have all the other studies to start the patient on diuretics. And, and this could have also end up the patient going back to the floors and not allowing the patient to remain in the rehab unit and continue with the rehab since after the paracentesis, the patient was feeling significantly better and more energetic, of course. In the second case, um, it's impossible really to know if somebody has cirrhosis when the patient does not have signs or physical signs of cirrhosis and does not have ascites, and does not have encephalopathy, and just comes with with uh, GI bleed. In this case, I, I misspoke. Um, it's not cirrhosis, but portal hypertension. Likely, this patient has alcoholic liver disease, and, and of course, a, the, the diagnosis of cirrhosis is performed with other measures. So, these are two. Now, is, is it safe? Well, definitely, we... We play it safe, and we use the resources that we had to improve the results of both patients and to treat them faster and to alert, for example, in the second patient, the gastrointestinal team earlier than we have been alerted without the diagnosis of portal hypertension. Is it useful? Yes. At the end we were able to start treatment early and send these patients to the right clinics as an outpatient. Did we skip any steps? And, and after discussing the first patient with our gastrointestinal uh, team, the rest of the portal hypertension, hypertension workup and cirrhosis workup is an outpatient workup that can be safely done in our clinic, which is, is pretty good. And also... In the second case, the evaluation for other causes for, for uh, cirrhosis, since the patient was not in acute liver failure, uh, can be done as an outpatient, and this reduces also the 
length of stay. And in the second patient who we needed liberal fluids and, of course, blood, we check the heart and the central vessels and the resuscitation was done guided by the, um, the central vessels, of course, labs, physical examination, etc. But point-of-care ultrasound had a key role in resuscitating the patient and especially not causing volume overload. This patient did not um, did not develop volume overload after multiple transfusions and IV fluids. So these are the two cases that I wanted to um, share with you today. And we are going to continue sharing cases during this um, time. So this is the first podcast for the year, a liver podcast. Next time, I will try to evaluate or explore the use of point of care ultrasound in patients who come with acute alcoholic hepatitis. Also, patients who come with syncope, patients with heart failure, respiratory failure. Stay tuned. Thank you. The Danbury Medical Files can be downloaded in your favorite app. Please leave a review in any of the platforms that you use. Thank you.